Welcome back to Mike on Money, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Director and Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. Uh, and here's where we talk about everything financial. Uh, and today we are talking about part two of our cryptocurrency series. And specifically, we're going to be covering off Bitcoin. So uh, if you watch part one or if you haven't watched part one, go back and watch part one. It's all about the blockchain. Today, we're going to be talking about Bitcoin. Uh, and then uh, Ethereum and other types of cryptocurrencies, and then where to invest and the different uh, characteristics of those different platforms. But before we start, as always, everything we talk about on these videos is for educational purposes only. Uh, do your own due diligence or reach out to us at mikeonmoney.com to get advice about your specific situation, your different risk um, uh, profiles, what's right, you know, what might fit into your, uh, to your investment strategy. Uh, and when not to do some of these things. So uh, always be very diligent, especially with cryptocurrencies. They're very, very volatile and you need to, uh, to use caution uh, and make sure they're right for your situation. So with that, let's dive into Bitcoin. So as we talked about last time, Bitcoin is the first cryptocurrency that came into an existence on the blockchain uh, back in 2008. Uh, and it was designed to be a currency. It was designed to replace a currency like a fiat currency like the US dollar or the Canadian dollar uh, and it was meant to to do transactions uh, but what they quickly found out uh, with Bitcoin uh, if you followed the, the blockchain video uh, you know if you think about all those computers and you think about all those nodes that have to be part of this ledger uh, Bitcoin quickly became too expensive to do uh, small transactions day-to-day -day transactions. So it, it does have the characteristics uh, even better than some other currencies uh, that we look for, you know, mainly scarcity. Because uh, as we mentioned on the last video, there's currently about 18 million in existence. Uh, total number capped um, that will ever be in existence is 21 million. So, uh, you know, it has scarcity, it has limitations. Uh, it obviously has value. And, and if you think of Bitcoin, it's very much like a gold currency. Uh, as opposed to the fiat currencies. The fiat currencies, yes, um, scarcity is not as much of a factor with them because especially recently, we're seeing uh, governments print a lot of it. And obviously that affects the, the value up and down. Um, whereas uh, gold is a better comparison to Bitcoin itself because Bitcoin and gold, uh, you know, are both kind of a value retention type of currency. Gold isn't good as a day-to-day -day currency. You know, it's hard to store. Uh, transactions, you know, yeah, are expensive to keep track of. Uh, div divisibility is not easy, uh, you know, especially with the value of fluctuating based on, on the quantity. Uh, but gold is very similar in the sense that, you know, gold's been around obviously for a very, very long time. And at one point, you know, it was a, a currency, but it lost that, that feature over time. Uh, because of the challenges it has uh, being a day-to-day -day currency. Um, but it does have a retained value. Now, this is different than other uh, metals. If you think about silver, silver has a day-to-day -day industrial use, very much so. And a lot, of, uh, a lot of what we mine in silver out there is actually used in day-to-day -day or industrial applications. It's not kind of just in retained uh, value. Gold, however, we mine way more than what we use in industrial or, or, or daily consumption. Um, a lot of gold is used for retained value. 
And if you think about it, even the last decade, you know, gold's been between a thousand and two thousand, and it stayed there, even though we have more than enough gold for to sustain our industrial uses. But it's it's an investment currency. Banks use it, countries use it, uh, individual investors use it as a way to retain or hedge against uh, you know other currencies uh, and, and other risk factors. And that's really the characteristic that Bitcoin is starting to develop is this a retained value uh, type of currency. It's, it's really not for day-to-day -day transaction. I've talked in other videos and previous videos about the challenges of, of cryptocurrencies as, as a day-to-day -day, um, currency. I mean, obviously the cost factor, uh, which is the big impediment against Bitcoin. Uh, but also there's regulatory issues, which we're seeing a ton of right now. You know, China's clamping down on the uh, on, on cryptos. Even the U.S. government has come out recently saying that, you know, they're really uh, seriously exploring coming out with a U.S. dollar version of the crypto uh, so they can regulate it, right? I mean, there's money laundering, there's taxation, uh, the, you know, capital gain tracking. Uh, there's just so many different areas that the government's uh, if they lost control of, of those uh, those regulatory um, rules uh, from a from a cryptocurrency, it, it would seriously seriously affect their ability to you know police things like money laundering and crime, uh, but also to manage their tax uh, their tax flow. So that's a whole other uh, issue. I'm not going to dive too much into today's video, but specifically talk about about Bitcoin. So Bitcoin, as I mentioned, you know, is this value retention. So people are investing into it saying, hey, there's a limited limited supply. More people are going to buy. It, it will increase in value over time uh, or, or hold value while other things may be devalued. Uh, specifically, people look at the U.S. dollar. Uh, and that's why we see that volatility. Uh, and we have seen a lot of volatility in Bitcoin. In fact, just this year, uh, in a one-day um, move, I think it, uh, it went down 42%. It also went up 44%. So a lot of volatility both sides uh, as, as people move in and out. Now, part of that is how it's held or how it's bought. So it's held on the blockchain. Well, there's kind of three main buyers. There's institutional buyers or, or corporate buyers. Uh, and these are companies that will invest into Bitcoin as part of the retained earnings. Uh, so you you heard Tesla, of course, Elon Musk tweet now about uh, cryptocurrencies a lot these days, also driving some of that volatility. Uh, but Tesla, you know, announced that they put $1.5 billion uh, of their retained earnings of the company into Bitcoin uh, as a uh, as a retained value around, uh, uh, you know, uh, for the currencies against, you know, possible fluctuations of the, the U.S. dollar. So uh, there are the cor other corporations out there doing it as well. So that's one type of buyer. Uh, there's in institutional buyers. So uh, there's a uh, institutional investor called uh, Grayscale uh, that has been in probably one of the earliest, uh, and I think they're up to about 40 billion uh, last time I saw their, their, their total value that they have in Bitcoin uh, as part of their ledger that they just hold that as a retained value investment. And that's going to be uh, going to be there for the long run, uh, and, and, and that's how they're going to manage or, or, or keep track of, of value against other currencies, global currencies around the world. 
And then, you know, lastly, and, and it's newer, is the retailer or, or investor out on the street. Uh, and they can invest in through a few different ways. Traditionally, until recently, closed-end funds. And Grayscale actually offers a closed-end fund, so kind of like a stock investment that they can invest into. And then more recently, ETFs, so exchange-traded funds. Uh, and uh, if you want to know more about exchange-traded funds, we're actually doing a video uh, coming up here on Tuesday, uh, June, uh, sorry, June 1st, uh, we're going to dive into ETFs and, and their characteristics, but there's more, more access has been given where these, these funds are out investing into uh, uh, currencies or cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin that you can invest into as well and, and buy there. Or, you know, you can go out and buy them on different platforms, uh, Coinbase being a very popular one. And more recently, PayPal now allows you to uh, buy cryptocurrencies within your accounts there and hold it. So those are kind of the three different areas. People are buying them. Uh, and as this new, uh, this new uh, access that has recently opened up with ETFs and of course the, uh, the different uh, exchanges that you can buy on uh, as an individual, that has kind of driven a lot of the volume. And that's where we've seen a lot of that uh, increase in value over 2020 in, in Bitcoin valuation. Uh, and also into that kind of retained, uh, that retained um, value uh, over time. And, you know, it's, it's held up even when we've seen it fall from its 60, 70,000 US down to 30, uh, you know, 30 is still a lot higher than it was even a year ago uh, and a couple of years ago, you know, down as far, far as 5,000. So that's kind of the characteristics of Bitcoin. Very, very volatile movements within the hour. Uh, and but it's more for retained earnings. There's not a lot of transactions that's going to happen with Bitcoin uh, for all the different purposes we've seen. Um, and, and I don't see that changing uh, in the near future. So I'm going to end part two there. Next part, we're going to talk about Ethereum and other types of cryptocurrencies and, uh, and, and how they'll uh, react in, in, uh, in different markets and, and why they react in different ways. So we'll talk again shortly.